Oh, and the heels of another White House faux pas. On the heels of a letter that was sent out to news executives on Wednesday urging them to ramp up Republican scrutiny after the impeachment articles that were uh, filed for the Biden presidency, we have a case to break down for you today that virtually nobody really understands. We're talking about Enrique Tario and the Proud Boys being sentenced to decades in prison. What do you need to know? What are we not being told? All this and more on today's Failure to Stop Breakdown. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Ew, guns up, giddy up. It's time to wake up, gentlemen. Time to put your big boy panties on. Going into the weekend, hard and heavy. A lot going on today. And it's nothing that you should be surprised of because it's uh, stuff that we've been saying here on the Failure to Stop podcast channel for a very long time. Mainstream media is, in fact, dead. It is propaganda media, and it's up to independent journalism. It's up to folks like myself and the entire squad here at the Fair to Stop podcast channel to kind of go through things and uh, look at it reasonably. And that's scary when a guy like myself, coming from literally the bottom, having to dig through these things to find out what's reasonable from a police perspective, to say, like, listen, if I'm a law enforcement officer and I'm tasked with doing things, I need to think about this critically because I could potentially be affecting somebody's entire life. Every ticket you write as a cop can affect it can affect their entire life. And you have to say, is it worth giving this ticket right now or is it worth giving a warning? How am I going to get voluntary compliance? Whenever you charge somebody with murder, whenever you do a search warrant and you choose to enter their kingdom, as my sergeant used to say, you're entering another man's kingdom. And the room for error there is extreme. So is it worth going into this man's kingdom, invading his the walls of his, his palace? Is castle. it worth it? His castle. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? You have to ask yourself constantly as a law enforcement officer, is it worth it? Yes, no, maybe. But those, kind, those, those kinds of uh, critical thinking questions kind of going out the window. It seems like everybody's just kind of doing things these days. Just willy-nilly. We're not asking ourselves, is it worth it? We're saying, what is, what is the propaganda news media going to put out about this? That's really the problem with policing in the 20th century, is we're more focused on what is the propaganda media going to do to us, and we've seen this so many times recently. So we're going to dive into this today. But uh, really, before we get into this, Drew, I have to just, just breaking news. Today's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Anthony Ramonde and myself, I will be in Florida tomorrow. We will be at the Ghostbed facility in Fort Lauderdale on Monday. Um, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area and you want to meet up with conservative Ant and myself quickly, there is room in our itinerary for a quick meetup. But I've got to be Monday evening uh, in Tampa for dinner with Drew Breezy. But stay tuned for That's lots right. of ghost bed content. And listen, this if you this story is so perfect because it's too late for some of the folks in these stories. It's too late to get officer privacy to get your address scrub from the internet before it gets into the hands of extremists 
extremists like the Proud Boys extremists, extremists like the Antifa extremists. There's extremists everywhere, and every group has been infiltrated with extremists. Get your address and where you go to church and where you go to the gym and where your kids play baseball and all those things. Get that scrub from the internet now before there's a critical incident that you make the news and then you have protesters and rioters. And matter of fact, in this story, Enrique Torrio, uh, in one interview, he says that the hardest thing about being a proud boy was how many people throw bricks through his windows at his private home and how other proud boy members uh, experience these th- these same things. OfficerPrivacy.com gets your address, gets the, the key places in your life erased from the internet. It doesn't get you erased from the internet, but it gets your address. It makes it harder. It makes it more difficult for people to find you. If you're a police officer right now in 2023 going into this 2024 election cycle, the hatred for police is going to be amplified for political reasons. And there are people that are going to be chomping at the bit to get to you. There was an officer in Durham, North Carolina, whose home was Molotov cocktailed during the last election cycle. Don't let that be you. Get yourself a peace of mind. Get your loved one that peace of mind. You know that that hard-charging cop's not buying, not wasting his hard-earned dollars that the government has taxed to no end on something like officer privacy. He's too cool for that. He's too hard. Matter of fact, he might just say, I wish a motherfucker would. Keep going. I wish a motherfucker would, but you know what? That's not the right way to go about this. Uh, So, you know, you've got a brother-in-law, you've got a son-in-law, you've got a daughter-in-law, you've got somebody in law enforcement. Give them a gift. Give them a special gift that protects his and her family. Go to officerprivacy.com forward slash Wolfpack. Officerprivacy.com forward slash Wolfpack. I am joined, as always, with Drew Breezy, the easy, the easy, the beautiful Drew Breezy. Uh, together, we have almost 40 years of law enforcement experience. His coming from a detective and supervisor side, and then mine just coming from purely a street cop side. And so we give a very interesting perspective on these breakdowns from uh, leadership and supervisors to the hard-charging uh, gun-running, barrel-chested freedom fighter street cops like myself. Before we dive in, I'm just kidding, by the way. Um, obviously, you started out as a street cop as well, so we've all been yes. there. I just, I'm, you, yes. you sold your soul and I didn't. Um, no yeah. offense there. Nothing personal. Nothing, nothing against you as a human being. I just happened to still have my soul. I didn't drink the blood, uh, the Hollywood blood. I didn't get the foreskins of Asian babies uh, injected into my face so I could look as young as you do. As an uh, adrenochrome. Detective. Adrenochrome, yes. Uh, before we dive into this, Drew, this is breaking news. This is coming out from last night. This is from CNN. CNN, uh, the, the White House just can't stop fucking up at this point. They just really cannot stop screwing up. And um, and here's yet another, again, nobody's, nobody, there's no checks and balances. There's nobody sitting there. You know, we have a factor. We have Josh. We have Elijah. We have John. Like, we put things out. We get checks for spellings. And making sure mainly before you know i don't care about the spelling or maybe the semantics versus schematics the tomatoes versus tomatoes i care more about is what we're saying factual is it is it too sensational are we sensationalizing the news because we're literally trying to thwart mainstream media here and so that's what i'm very careful at doing obviously the white house is not doing that anymore they just stopped caring this was put out uh this is i'm, I'm going straight from cnn so uh I'm, I'm taking what they are saying what even cnn is saying the propaganda cnn network versus what the propaganda fox news network is saying 
all propaganda, but this is what their news is putting out this morning. White House sent a letter to top U.S. news executives on Wednesday. Let me say that again. The White House sent a letter to top U.S. news executives on Wednesday. It went to everybody that's considered media, everybody. I'm talking even Newsmax, One American News Network. Anybody that comes to the media broadline, the facts that comes out, the, the fax machine that sends over, not fax, F-A-C-T-S, but F-A-X's, <laughs> to let everybody know what's going on worldwide. This was in that notice to all the media agencies. Everybody got this. Urging them to intensify their scrutiny of House Republicans after Speaker Kevin McCarthy launched an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden, despite having found no evidence of a crime. It's time for the media, this is what it says, quote, it's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. Ian Smith, a spokesman from the White House Counsel's Office, wrote in the letter, by the way, Ian Sams, if you've seen the dude, uh, you know sometimes you can just tell somebody looks like a loser? Yeah. You just look at him and you're like, man... That dude is where he's at today because he couldn't be anywhere else. Right. Like this dude would have been a loser. He would have been corporate at Food Lion. He would have been the corporate of the Outback Steakhouse chain. Just preying on waitresses and hostesses, just like in the movie Waiting. That's what kind of guy Ian Sam reminds me of. Uh, The letter which said the impeachment inquiry with not supporting evidence should set off alarm bells for news organizations was sent to executive helming the nation's largest news organizations, including CNN, the New York Times, Fox News, the Associated Press, CBS News and others. Wow. So when you send something out like this and it goes to everybody and you get Newsmax and, and One American News Network and all these guys see a memo that says it's time to ramp up Republican scrutiny. You don't think that they're going to be like, yo, by the way, the White House is asking media outlets to go against Republicans right now, just in time for the election season. You know, uh, and I get it, right? They don't want an impeachment for Biden, but it shows you how propaganda the media comes. This is the proof that we've needed for this show. We've been preaching it for about nine months now that this is a propaganda organization that is now that that was once media. Yeah, it's it's not even close to media anymore. Um, you'll see uh, in one of the news stories that I'm about to share when we get when we dive into our topic. Um, I, I want you to like count the number of times they say the word um, baseless or they say the words without evidence. Um, and, and, you know, you and I have said, that we, we share this in common, we've said for a very long time, like, if you have to sell the drama, if you have to sell the story, chances are it's time to believe the opposite. And, and I, I firmly believe that, like, and, and it's created the underground, uh, like the independent journalists, like your Tim Pools and your, you know, now Tucker Carlson's because he's not under corporate control and, you know, all these other guys who are just actually trying to gather facts and put them out. That's what this has created because you cannot trust them anymore. It's, it's almost like saying, you know, the fact that CNN is saying it is, is kind of getting ahead of what's, what's to come because they're saying, look what the White House is doing. The White House is sending this out to all of the major news sources to say, hey, get, uh, start picking apart the Republicans' uh, impeachment process. Start picking this apart. I guarantee they didn't do that 
during Trump's impeachment process, by the way. But uh, they're saying, hey, start picking this apart. But um, like they're all saying without evidence or it's baseless or or, or all this other stuff like they have lost all credibility to the point where they have to go on the offensive and show you what they've been sent then they're just going to turn around and do exactly what the, what the directive asks them to do. So CBS, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, uh, all these guys that are what are considered corporate media, mainstream media, whatever you want to call them, legacy media, they're all part of the Biden regime. They're, they're all responsible for helping him get elected. So now they've got to perpetuate their lie. And I, I, I mean, I think that... They're kind of done with him, to be honest. Um, I, I think they're kind of over it uh, because they have, they they have, have lost. Yeah, uh, but I mean, they have lost a significant amount of credibility. Right. And the alternative is Kamala Harris. But so, um, you know, I, this is why I, I, I say what I say. I don't think it's baseless for me to say, ironically, that when I read something in the mainstream media, I know to believe the opposite almost immediately. And, and, you know, they, they proved that with COVID. They've proven that with this whole thing. So when people talk about, like we're going to talk about with Proud Boys or uh, all this other stuff, when they talk about, like, there was no electric, election fraud, there was no, it's a baseless claim, there's no evidence to support, I believe the opposite. I, I don't think that, that it has been proven in a court of law but I believe that it exists. I don't believe that there is no evidence. I don't believe that it's completely baseless. I think those are lies, to be honest. I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't need to take a stand on what, what happened with the 2020 election because it's 2023. We're, we're, we're already three years into it or whatever. But, um, you know, this this uh, corporate media is a little bit out of control, a lot of bit out of control. Um, and you know, t- to be honest, Eric, that's good news for us. Cause all we do is uh, entertain and inform first responders, but we try to give them facts so they can make their own decisions or they can do their own research. We'll just give them a basis to do so and, uh, form their own opinions. They don't need to be told what to think. Yeah. And that's, you know, exactly why we kind of started our, our podcast network and our podcast channel and kind of taken it in the direction we have, especially for election season, because I think that so many cops, so many first responders are sitting in their squad cars right now saying, dude, where can we find the truth? Who can we, who can we trust? And you can trust us not to at least not to lie to you, at least not to over sensationalize something for clickbait. And speaking of which, in order to do that, right, the reason why clickbait and sensational titles are a thing is because there's money to be made in it. And so you can really go down that path of how do we, how do we put an article out there? How do we report on something fairly and objectively without over centralizing or, or, or trying to base ourselves to a particular uh, political side for, you know, conservative versus liberal. And, and in order to do that and be, sustainable we one have to find advertisers that aren't that that are are willing to tolerate maybe the the slowness of growth because you're not hitting big keywords maybe not even necessarily just uh having working with those tar uh, with those advertisers that only that that want us to only say 
it's almost the opposite, in other words. Like, yes, they are giving the, – these advertisers are giving us the freedom to say whatever we want to say, to say the truth. And they're sticking by our side because they believe in us and we believe in their products or we wouldn't be pushing their products. But the thing is, corporate media is saying, on one hand, you need to get a certain thing in your arm. And then at the break – they're showing that they're being sponsored by the very company that's making the equipment to put the thing in your arm. <laughs> and, and that's not what we're doing. We, we've got to keep the lights on and we've got to make a living and we've got to do everything we got to do. I mean, you know, let's, let's be real. It's, we're not doing this for free and, 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 and I don't mind doing it for free uh, because I still advocate for law enforcement. I always will. But we're, you know, if GhostBed specifically said, and they never would, Eric, I need you to get out there and say that, uh, you know, only our beds are going to, um, you know, if, if you're not going to catch any diseases if you only use our beds and our beds alone and every other bed is damaging for their backs. We know that's not true. So we wouldn't, say, you know, they wouldn't make us do that, but we wouldn't say that, right? I mean, right. is that kind of not where you're going? Yeah, well, you know, what I'm saying is where, where I'm really going with this, Drew, um, which all the points you had to say were awesome and amazing. Thank you for those points. But what I was really going to say was uh, the only way for us to really, truly grow uh, without using sensational headlines or selling our soul to be like everybody else is if you simply share our show and hit the like and subscribe button. That's how Shit. That was my simple point. There. That was it? <laughs> that was it. I poured uh, part but, of my soul into this. Hey, by the way, you can hit the like and subscribe button all you want. If it leads you to Rumble by mistake, then you can tune into our new channel on Rumble, which is called Aptly Failure to Stop. And we're broadcasting live on Rumble as we speak. I'm looking, look, I'm looking right at it uh, yeah. right now. There's a little delay. Rumble but in the jungle. Listen, get get on Rumble. It's uh, it's it's just an alternative to YouTube. Like I'm calling it Green YouTube. It's basically the same thing. It's just that they don't censor as much, uh, and and that's not the sole reason we're going over there. It's just to kind of keep our our continuing path to grow. We're trying to grow on all podcast platforms, and we're trying to grow on all um, video providers. So that's what we're doing here, and uh, so. You know, as Eric was going to simply tell, <laughs> I may have explained algebra to you and he was just going to explain subtraction, but uh, you can go to any of our platforms, share out the content, tell your Aunt Sally, get everyone to follow us, like, subscribe, and, and make sure you leave a comment uh, because- And if your Aunt Sally's like hot, you know, send her over to yeah. Will Craig, give her uh, Will Craig's thanks. He's into Cougs, Aunt Cougs, right. and uh, Will Craig, one of our longer fans, still single- um, and he's ready to mingle, but, uh, we've hung out with him, uh, here in the North Carolinas. Where is he from? Like South Dakota or something like that? Or Minnesota? Wisconsin? I believe he is of the water. I, I, I think he comes from the water. From the water. Uh, yep. I don't know what that is, but, uh, well, anyway, uh, Wisconsin ish, somewhere around there, Minnesota, uh, yes, it's, it's definitely Minnesota where he resides. I just, okay. I don't know that that's where he was formed. Okay. Well, he's from Minnesota. So, we're born in Minnesota, lives in Minnesota. Hit him up. Uh, all the hot ants out there. All right. Today, we got uh, we got this this Enrique Torrio Proud Boy case. I think it's important to note before we jump into this that, one, Enrique Torrio is not a white person, uh, to say the least. You can look at his skin tone and know very quickly uh, that he is not white. He is Cuban-American. Cuban-American. Also, if you listen to him talk... The tone of which the media portrays him is not s 
solely the tone in which he speaks, which I think it's it's a lot because um, when you listen to him talk, it's very deceptive. Uh, he, he seems more of like, you know, like uh, any American patriot. I and mean, I, you know, the Proud Boys. We're going to dive into this. It started out as a joke. I mean, f- like it was something funny that they were doing based on like a media project, and it got out of hand very quickly, as you're about to to see. And it's uh, it's important because I think the left does this a lot as well. Um, your voice, just because you have a voice, doesn't mean you always need to use it. I don't know that we've been guilty of it or not. I'd like to say that we're not guilty of it. But you have to be careful of what you say and how you say it and how it'll be interpreted. Because if I tell my three-year-old, no, if I tell my 10-year-old son, you can't look at this magazine that's sitting on the coffee table right now because there's nudity in it. There are naked girls in this magazine. Do not look at it. Full frontal nudes from some of the most voluptuous and banging babes you've ever laid eyes upon. But whatever you do is do not look into this magazine. I'm going to go mow the yard with my loud lawnmower. And if I get off my lawnmower, it automatically shuts off. So you'll know I'll be coming back inside. But don't look at that magazine while I'm mowing. What I'm essentially saying there is there's zero concept. You're not, you're not going to get caught. Go ahead and look at the magazine. That's what you're saying without saying it. And I think what has gotten a lot of these Proud Boys in trouble is that they were saying things like that and pl- trying to play the game that, oh, we didn't tell them to look at that dirty magazine. We didn't tell them. Well, yeah, you kind of did. And that's There's, what we're going to dive into today. Okay, so plausible deniability is not its not really a thing when it, when it comes to criminal conspiracies. So <clears throat> I'm going to be the first to tell you. First of all, Eric, I'm seeing little grumblings in the chat that your mic is going in and out. So just if you want to start dealing with that. Secondly, um, it, it's its easy to say, look, I, I mean, I, I didn't tell him directly to storm the Capitol. I, I kind of described where the Capitol was and told him what was going on at the Capitol that day and how important it was that we disrupt what they do. Well, then you did. You, you kind of did tell them exactly what to do. So uh, I, I am kind of in your school and in your court, Eric, where we talk about um, how the media can take your words and kind of twist them. And I'll, I'll show you an Enrique Tario CNN interview. Because when you see an Enrique Tario interview, you see the guy is rational. And he's saying very rational things. They make him very irrational, though. They, they cut and, and do whatever they, they're going to do. And so what that does, again, is to a guy like me who is like, oh, he's on the mainstream media and they're making him some kind of domestic terrorist. Obviously, I need to believe the opposite. So then I have to go do my own independent research, which I did, and I read the indictment. And the indictment is a little bit different when, than what CNN is trying to portray it to be, and it's definitely different than what other people in the news that are pro kind of like this guy's getting screwed are trying to be. These guys are legit. They were the real deal. They were there to disrupt or cause a disruption on January 6th. There's no question. Uh, Even Enrico Tario will tell you, and you'll see in the interview in a second, they shouldn't have been smashing windows. They should not have hurt any cops. They should not have uh, have done that part of it. He disagrees with um, with some of the guys being charged with the seditious uh, the, the conspiracy to 
of sedition, but uh, he thinks that they were just trespassing. However, he's kind of saying, look, yeah, we, we carried it a little bit too far that day. Um, so let's let's dive well, into I, I, what before we dive into that, though, the, it was my my microphone still breaking out. If it is to say, yes, I'll stop talking. But um, I, I think what led up with this, what led up to this was a really big battle of the wills uh, between the left and the proud boys. And anytime you have a battle of the wills. And what I mean by battle of the wills is whenever I say, you know, uh, for, for an example, if, if, if Drew was to leave our network and I say, OK, well, Drew left his network. Well, give me back my microphone. And you're like, well, I actually bought this microphone. I'm like, yeah, but I paid for it. Am I still going in and out? You just did there. Yeah, I just lost mine. Uh, go ahead. Um and, and and we started playing a tit for tat where he's like, well, then I want my cables back and then I want my board back. And then I go back and then I say, well, I'm going to put something on social media. That's a low key asshole thing to say. And then he's going to say something low key asshole. Back. And what we're doing right there is we're playing a battle of the wills and, and who's willing to go the furthest and who's willing to slander themselves. And that's what happened with the proud boys and the media, because the media did extremely unfair things to the Proud Boys versus what they did to Antifa. They really I, went after everything that Proud Boys did and went after nothing that Antifa did. And that formed... I, I think... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just no, think go. that that formed this this uh, oh, a battle of the wills. So now the Proud Boys were like, well, now we're going to grow our numbers and we're going to be even more insightful. We're going to show up to Portland because they showed up to our thing and they didn't get in trouble. So we're going to show up to their thing. Problem is when they showed up to their thing, the Proud Boys get in trouble. And so now it's this us versus them, very big mentality, and it just escalated over the years until it boiled over on a January 6th. But I think the media um, and, and possibly the CIA uh, and other DOJ, I think they kind of they, they fanned that fire for sure, in my opinion. I, I've, uh, I've come to the conclusion that, the, that Antifa – is uh, and Proud Boys are on the opposite ends of the spectrum, which is an obvious statement, but they're the answer to one another. It's exactly what you're saying. It's the tit for tat, and it's not necessarily the media that has stoked um, the Proud Boys. It's it's probably likely Antifa that has. And th there's also another group out there called the Oath Keepers, who are supposedly like a quick reaction force, like the violence arm of the right wing to kind of you know take care of some of this Antifa thing. Even, even written in their indictment, which we'll get into, um, they specifically, Enrique Terrio, Terrio uh, specifically instructed everyone, don't wear your Proud Boys gear on January 6th. Wear, maybe wear all black, which is an indicator of they won't be able to tell us apart from Antifa. So, you know, we can be there doing whatever. Somebody else you know, uh, texted in their group text to wear Patriot gear on the day of. So you see, you do see a lot of MAGA hats and, and, and whatnot. Um, but the, the answer to Antifa was proud boys. And that's what it evolved into. It started, um, what their here's, here's their mantra, their quote, and this is how they self-describe a pro Western fraternal organization for men who refuse to apologize for creating the modern world a.k.a. Western chauvinists. So what a chauvinist is, just by definition, it's just somebody who 
uh, displays excessive support for one's own cause. It's usually used in terms of like being a male chauvinist or whatever. So they're pro-Western. They refuse to apologize for it. They are unapolog- uh, unapologetically American. So in, in a sense, what you're saying is that they've had enough of um, the, the, the political correctness and how everything we do uh, or, or, or how every, uh, um, everything the, the people in the middle do is wrong and, and all that. So uh, as a matter of fact, the whole reason that Enrique Terrio was uh, not in D.C. on uh, January 6th was because he was arrested and jailed for an event that took place a couple days earlier where they took a Black Lives Matter banner down from a church and burned it. So what they're what what the Proud Boys are putting forward is we t- all we did was do exactly what Antifa does, except we did it to a banner that said Black Lives Matter, and it belonged to a church. Uh, he was put in jail for that. They also found uh, some uh, magazines that are illegal to possess in D.C. Uh, they had Proud Boys written on them apparently, uh, but they were empty magazines that he was not allowed to be in possession of. So. They put him in jail. Then, even though he bonded out, he was banned from being in D.C. on January 6th. That's why he was out of the area, and that's why some, some media sources will tell you he wasn't even there. He wasn't even in but, – but if you read the indictment, and again, this is just going on uh, or presenting truth and facts to you, he orchestrated a ton of this before, before January 6th even – even started so and yeah um, and again there's some people in the chats that talk about the antifa thing and and what they do tit for tat and i think that is what fueled and fanned the flames of of tario i think he would have not been you know there are some people who cannot who, who cannot fathom unfairness and it and it goes to extreme some people it's a tick i know people who will go to great lengths to let you know if you are fair or not fair, even without looking at what your perception of fair is in a certain scenario. And after researching Enrique Tario as much as I have, I see him as a type who just cannot sit idly by with the unfairness of how Antifa is allowed to act versus how his group should be allowed to act. And even though his group doesn't want to act like Antifa, I don't think that his group would have ever gone to the lengths it did had it not had its tat with Antifa. And it, most of your interviews with Enrique, he brings up these these points where he's like, well, you know, you had this Antifa person who did this to this person, and all we did was this. But you had some bad apples that did this. But it's always going back to his rival with BLM and Antifa, and that BLM was allowed to loot, burn, rape, and pillage. Not rape, but pillage. And burned down things. Uh, you know, there there was a lot of cases where Antifa was bullying children, where they were bullying women. And I think that this never sat well with Enrique and his constituents. So they say, like, we're going out here and protesting, and all we have is guns and like, you know, uh, you know, some kind of like Comic Con military garb on. You know what I mean? Like we're uh, LARPing, like we're some kind of special forces guys. But we don't treat women bad. We don't treat. We're not trying to bully anybody. And by the way, we can't do anything without Antifa Antifa trying to rile us up. And so they've always, instead of playing a battle of the minds, 
Enrique and his constituents, they continually played a battle of the wills. Well, if Antifa is going to get away with this, then we're going to get away with that. And we're going to get away yeah, this, with this. The problem the, is, is that, that media is on Antifa's side. And so the, 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 the cards are stacked against you. So you're probably going to lose this battle. That's the problem we're having right now with weaponizing the DOJ and weaponizing yes. the the uh, the the, the um, what do they call it? impeachment process and and all this other stuff. The, the, it's going to become a boy who cried wolf situation when we try to imp- you know when when I say we when the country tries to impeach President Biden, it's going to be a boy who cried wolf. They're going to be like, oh yeah, here we go, another impeachment uh, hearing. You know, Trump beat three of them, so now he's going to beat. You know what I mean? So. Um, I think you're right in the sense that the media kind of covered for Antifa. This is the the old um, CNN uh, reporter standing behind a fiery <laughs> city on fire that said, what, what was the like a peace, mostly peaceful riots or whatever it was called. <laughs> um, this is the answer to that. This is, this is, and, and I, you know, I said this way back when, like if you want an answer for what, uh, what caused January 6th. It's not Donald Trump standing up there saying, please go peacefully protest. It was four years of this bullshit. It was four years of, oh, he's a Russian, you know, there's Russian P tapes. Then, the, then it, it was four years of, you know, we're going to indict him for this call to Ukraine, which turned out to be completely on the up and up and is probably now going to play into the indi- into the impeachment of, of the current president. It was four years of this, you know, uh, Russia, 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 the hoax. You know, it, it just built up in America. The Proud Boys were just uh, a li- t- t- willing to carry it a little bit too far. And I, I think I, I don't know what they were going to accomplish on that day by being violent. Uh, I think that they thought that they were going to get something done by disrupting. But the only thing they got done was an indictment. That's they got caught and they they're serving prison time. The Proud Boys actually were started by Gavin McInnes. He's a he's a Canadian writer, uh, and he co-founded the uh, magazine called Voice of Montreal, which later evolved into Vice. So you're familiar with Vice. I mean, that's that was back when uh, you know, and they got picked up by, by Viacom. So they were on a lot of. Uh, cable channels. This is back in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. So that's when you saw Tim Pool emerge, you know, with the with the one percenters and all this other stuff. That's when he emerged as the independent journalist. He used to be one of the pri- the prime reporters, we'll call it, on Vice, and that was when it was really, really, really good because it was the beginning of independent reporting, and it was somebody who was standing there just giving you facts, even though you didn't want to hear them sometimes. So. Occupy Wall Street, all these, all these other things. You were starting to see these, just you know, embedded uh, independent journalists. So later on, um, this this kind of uh, evolved. McInnes became a regular contributor uh, contributor to a um, white nationalist and anti-immigration website. Sometimes you don't know who to believe when you read this stuff. Uh, I'm just reading what I read. Right, because uh, I would say the same thing about Project Veritas, that it's like an extremist right-winged racial group. But yeah. if you look at everything that Project Veritas has ever reported on, none of it's racist, none of it's extremist. You know, No. No, it's cultural appropriation appropriation at best sometimes. I mean, but, I mean it's actually pimps, like but... extremely creative and extremely good journalism. Yeah. Like hidden microphones, so, hidden cameras. 
he, so what he what McKinnis claimed is that the Proud Boys were just an outgrowth of a bunch of social gatherings that were held after a show that he used to do called the Gavin McKinnis Show, and from there it just kind of blossomed. So by you know 2016, it's starting to pick up uh, steam because now Trump is in office, and 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 they have a reason to be upset because Trump is being called a, a chauvinist or a misogynist. Everything Trump says is xenophobic and everything Trump says is racist. And again, they're unapologetic for the Western civilization being the way the Western civilization is. So they're just back in your face with it. That's all they were trying to do. That's where this kind of uh, gained prominence. That's where it kind of like the snowball started rolling. So they got uh, mostly... um, uh, Mio, uh, what's that guy? Milo Yiannopoulos mm-hmm. uh, in 2017 held a rally down in South Florida. Uh, you know he was he was always labeled far right, and uh, Enrique Tario attended that event. That's where he's from. He's from Miami. Next thing you know, he was recruited into Proud Boys. Then he just started his his uh, climb from there. The Proud Boys were prominently known to be at the Unite the Right rally, which was a rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, where they were trying to, um, where they were voicing their side of the opinion of removing Confederate statutes. So you had two very volatile groups meeting with one another, and it ended with some kind of white supremacist driving through the crowd and and killing a young lady there that was there. Just you know, she was part of the part of the protest as well. I mean, she didn't deserve to die, to die in that thing. But by them, by virtue of them being there, they are now associated as far right. They are associated as white supremacists. They are associated, like, it, it just seems like every, you know, any any opportunity anybody gets, like the ADL or, or somebody like that, the Southern Poverty Law Center, anytime, any crack you get, uh, it, to be able to call them a terrorist organization or to be, to be able to call them white supremacists, they're going to take that. And, and that's kind of, uh, in a nutshell, uh, how they grew into that. And, of course, what the media did from there, because that's how we started this conversation, was when the Proud Boys came out and said, we support Donald Trump, they flipped that to Donald Trump is supported by the Proud Boys. So you had that Donald Trump name first and Proud Boys associated with it. Then there was the very uh, um, famous line. Uh, there was a couple famous lines uh, about. But you, don't you uh, think that's, that's crazy that they associate Donald Trump with the Proud Boys, but they've never associated Biden with Antifa or KKK? He he was what was that guy's name? Uh, he did the eulogy. The the, the senator that was yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's essentially the same thing. You can't control who supports you, but but even if you you know posit that argument, the media comes back with, well, obviously no, you can't control who supports you. But these are the type of people that support you. So uh, you know, <laughs> you just you're not going to win that argument. So he's when 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 he was hit with on the spot in the in the debates, like, will you denounce you know, will you denounce the Proud Boys? Will you denounce white supremacy? Again, conflating the two, uh, he, he, you know, what do you, what message do you have for the Proud Boys? President Trump just simply said, uh, "Tell them to stand by and stand down," it, it, like like he has control over them. He he just said in a flippant comment, he just like answered the question basically, like he's not part of a white supremacist organization. He's not, you know, a, a lot of like the ADL will come at you with, you know, their anti-Semites and all this other stuff. But 
oddly, he's the grandfather of Jewish kids and, and the father-in-law of a Jew, you know, Jared Kushner and, and all this other stuff. So, I mean, if he's got them in his family, if he has Jewish people in his family, it's kind of hard to make the argument that he's an anti-Semite and, and he's, a, he's pro-Israel and he's all this other stuff. So um, then, the, uh, then, of course, the other famous statement that they took out of context that they continual, continually or continue to take out of context is, well, there were some very bad people on both sides. Uh, but, you know, th- you remember that? It was right after Charlottesville, and it was white supremacists, and he was asked a question, and they took maybe three or four seconds of his soundbite out of a 12 or a 15 seconds. There were good people, and there were some very good people on both sides, is basically what he was saying. So that was all the media needed to, to say, see, he's a white supremacist, and he, he promotes white supremacy. That, that's, that isn't even close to what he was saying. That was, if you take it out of context, yeah. So, you know, I always say that um, the left or the extreme left or people in the media, they act like 14-year-old girls, um, you know, a, a doing a, a high school, um, you know, uh, presidential, you know, you know what I mean? Like who's running for president in high school and they do this mean right. girls kind of thing with your words. And, and when they grow up to be, you know, journalists or whatever, they just evolved in, into heavier and, and meaner 14 year old girls. Like their, their mentality never really grows. They're not really honest about everything or, or, you know, and, and now their job is to sway America into believing one thing or another. And they're dishonest when they do it. Yeah. I mean, well said, it kind of reminds me of a lot of the way the public school teachers have become as well. <laughs> Just yeah. a bunch, like you know, it's like they never ever left school, and they've and so the the mean girls that kind of rose to the top of their class in high school, and then they rose to the top the top of their class in college, but they were too lazy to want to get out and get a real job. They wanted to kind of have like their own power and leadership roles. Um, those specific types of teachers, they become teachers, and they just wreak havoc on on kids all across America, man. And you know that's why I named my my company C Minus Media. You know, because, you know, one of the, you know, we're, you know, probably one of the most influential people in my life happens to be one of the worst people I ever came across. That, that was a teacher. So, um, you know, th- th- these teachers, some of these these same kind of mean girls, uh, as you're talking about, or guys with power trips. Yeah, you're right. They, they get into media and they, they continue the same thing or they get into politics, you know, um, and because they can bully their their way around through politics. And, and nobody's really trying to look at things objectively. Nobody's trying to critical think about these types of things if proud boys was a real problem it was a real uh, terrorist organization and you put somebody in the cia or you put somebody in the dod to try to fix this you know you you would come at it with a very reasonable uh, and a very objective way of handling it which would be like okay well right now we have a big tit for tat i mean how do we how do we deal with with bloods and crips even on a local level you know, when when right. when when things start to rile up, you've got informants, you got things you say, OK, well, the Crips are starting to say this. So here's what we're going to do on the Crips side of things. We're going to put more officers over there on this side of things. And we're actually going to go after this one club, which is a pro Crip club. We've known they've been doing stripper dances in there illegally for years. We're going to go down there and shut down. So then nobody's got really anywhere to go Friday night. And that might quell this over the weekend. But what we have going on instead is, ooh, Antifa's going to do this. Let's in, let's drop some informants in there and let them know that the Proud Boys are going to be over here doing that. And we're bringing so, them together. That's what's going on. Because the media wants this. The DOJ wants this. They want it to yeah, I, I, I into don't a revolutionary think war. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think that arm is is the media. <clears throat> I do think that the government may be involved in that. Like, I, I think that the government may be involved in street. Well, they you know, leak it to the media. As well. They I leak mean, it to the media. They say, hey, guess yes. what? Here's what's going to happen. We need you to put this out. <clears throat> that Proud Boys are going to be here because if you put this out, you know, they might not say that to media, but what they're going to say to the media is, hey, guys, listen, uh, Proud Boys are going to be meeting up in, in Austin, Texas. Um, so just FYI, if somebody wants to go over there and do some journalism on that. And then they know that that's going to row up into Antifa. Instead of well, like... Or, or either that or their operators are in the media company, right? So, I mean, like, sure. a, you, just because your title is New York Times writer doesn't mean that you're not a an operative. Right. I mean, I'm not making any accusations that a New York Times writer is a CIA agent, but you don't know that. And, and let me ask you this. Like, Eric, you, you've been around law enforcement long enough. You know that you, you can essentially get an informant to – like, we, we, we break up drug organizations all the time. Um, the on the local level and we and gang, we use informants to do that we, yeah all the time so so tell me what the difference between a white supremacist organization and a drug organization is there's there's absolutely no difference the mafia I've said that is before I, I said that before it's like what if we were so and you know especially in the skater uh the skater culture right we like to have the anti-nazi symbol patch on everything you know if a, a skateboarder is going to tag something with spray paint it's almost always a swastika with an x through it you know but like when's the last time you really ran into a, a white supremacist nazi that killed somebody but we have gang members at these same skate parks that literally take over your skate park sit on the ramps smoking dope in front of the kids cussing and swearing starting fights drinking booze all day long not contributing to anything we dirtying your skate park leaving their trash behind and they don't even skate but you're not anti them and they do drive-by shootings which kill people and kids and children what if you were just as anti-gang what if we all walked around with like anti-crips shit on or anti-bloods as much as because you know you know there's no nazis out there and you know the chances of one being there are none so you're not going to get your ass beat so you're just virtue signaling and parading around that you're some kind of like brave courageous anti-nazi because you know that they're not going to beat your ass because they've been pushed into the shadows bet you won't fucking wear an anti-crip shirt bet you won't put a blue bandana on your boot and walk around with it you won't because you it would be fucking dumb because they're an empowered members of society that will stab you and will shoot you and the court systems will do little to nothing about it and probably not even catch them uh, I see a comment in there. Well, how about how about putting the cops on the ground and not uh, not stand there and let them fight? Um, and and I'm not sure what that's in reference to. Uh, this, I, it could be out of context, but I think it's a good time to show what some of the activities were at uh, on January 6th that they're talking about. Like, so this was. By the way, that is a one tasty the- looking seven stair with a juicy little rail to hit. That'd be a great skate spot. <laughs> one. This is one of the first breaches here. So watch this guy with the with the MAGA hat. He takes off his jacket. He's wearing all black underneath. Then he turns his hat backwards. Then he really st- he he's actually in my in my opinion his actual beef is with that officer because either that officer pushed him back or whatever. He's he's being a dickhead. Right. Uh, if, if you'll notice, there's a fellow named Ray Epps who was at one time an oath keeper, but apparently an independent guy who just had nothing to do with nothing who just happened to be at the gates that they breached initially um he puts his arm around that guy and he starts whispering in his ear then let's watch what happens after that 
literally whispers in his ear. The guy goes immediately back to the gate and starts rocking it back and forth. And everybody jumps in. Okay, next thing you know, you got an officer down over there. You got an officer down on the far right. Uh, No pun intended. So when they knock the gates over, they knock this cop back onto their, um, on their butt, basically. And it looks like their back and head hit the stairs. Stairs, for sure. The guy that was originally, you know, bucking because he was knucked, uh, that that Ray Epps was whispering in the ear, watch what he does in this with that cop over there. Watch this. So they're fighting over there with actual physically fighting with the cops. Look at the guy with the backwards hat. What's he doing? He picks up the cop. Yep. So we'll watch it one more time. He he, he actually picks yeah. up the cop and hands them hands him off to another cop. As in, we don't need to see anybody injured out here. Right. He's like, oh shit! Whoa, 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 whoa. Right, which is like pretty, you know, I mean, like, how do you handle that as a cop? You're like, wow, this guy, you know, because, I mean, for me, that says, like, they are protesting for something that they strongly believe in, but they're not willing to hurt cops over it. But they they are going to protest, you know, like, I I don't think you would see that from Antifa. I think you would have seen them kicking that cop, pouring beer on him, lighting his cop car on fire and stuff like that. Remember, they didn't light any cop cars on fire. They didn't didn't overtly harm police, uh, maybe accidentally hurt police in this video, but I don't know that that was, well, you know. no, I mean, you'll see also though, like by them opening the gate. And I don't know if that was anybody from the proud boys or not, but, but by them opening the gate, you see that that literally was a figurative and literal opening of the gate. Like yes. th- there was full on combat between police officers and, and yes. these people that were ar- previously held back only, by the barricade. F- there's only four fucking cops there, but we've already covered that in the January right. 6th episode. And the well, reason why no. there was four cops, because they were stretched miles and miles and miles. And there wasn't, yes, wasn't enough that, cops, that's, which is another argument because Nancy Pelosi didn't allow them to have more cops, even though they asked for it for weeks in advance, including the National Guard. And they were denied it because, again, my personal belief is, is that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, they wanted this to happen. That's one of the things that Enrique Tarrio kind of posited on CNN. I think that Nancy Pelosi did the same thing that the Proud Boys are doing where they're saying, don't come in this gate. There's only four officers and we've said some pretty mean things. And don't you dare come in this gate with only four officers. Same thing. Right. Um, So the the thing is, though, uh, when you dig into the, um, the indictment itself, which I did. I, I read most of the indictment. I'm not all of it. I think I've got a page left. Loser. You'll see that th- th- they orchestrated way more than just that. That that was not happenstance that they stormed the Capitol. It wasn't happenstance that there were 200 Proud Boys there. It was or- orchestrated since mid-December. There's no doubt in my mind, and, and this is my personal opinion, Drew Breesy, that's it, personal opinion, there were either informants or agents that were part of the Proud Boys, or there were agents and informants that were part of the Oath Keepers, and they were working with the Proud Boys on this part of, of what happened. But as far as the indictments and everything else that are concerned, I think it's easy to conflate what 
what Tucker Carlson showed before he was fired from Fox, which is just a bunch of people walking through the Capitol, taking pictures because they were not stopped from coming in, and what these guys did. It's easy to conflate the two things and all of a sudden have some kind of sympathy for what the Proud Boys did after reading the indictment, depending on who you believe anyway, but they, the, the people that did the indictment had to swear under oath in, in the court of law. Um, it's a different story. It's a completely different story. It wasn't just like they stumbled on the Capitol and they stumbled. They, they knew they picked the dates and all that other stuff. I, you know, I'm sure we all knew that January 6th was a date that they were going to meet and, and all this other stuff. So the people that were convicted, I, I don't know if the prison sentence fit the crime, what the government yeah, tried to do. 22 years is pretty, pretty ridiculous and pretty radical, especially, you know, and again, the media over, like they put it on every news media outlet what this sentence was because they want everybody to know what the sentence was because they want to put it up. But they don't put anything up about like who let the uh, federal building on fire um, in Ohio or, you know, the, the the police building that was set on fire in what was it, Portland or Seattle or whatever. You know, they don't right. want it. The they don't, they don't tell you. They don't make sure that you know what those sentences were. And again, that is this tit for tat that is – is why I truly believe that a revol- like they are trying to for I don't know what the reason is though of of because I don't understand like what is the point of this like what what is the point of overtly not reporting on one side versus reporting on the other and 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 then knowing that both sides are escalating I think you you answered like the you question could, you the- could you could do it equally and there would be no incitement and this wouldn't escalate answer- at all I think you answered that question right at the beginning of this thing when you said the White House <laughs> directed them to what to look at in the uh, in the impeachment. Uh, you know, the, the the White House is saying, "Hey, make sure you pick apart the Republicans because they don't have a case here." This is the same thing. They're 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 pointing and directing. The government is doing this, and and this is, but you know, there was, a, there, was a, there was there was there was. To maintain power, to maintain power and control. There, there is, there is, by the way, another landmark. Um, I, I think it's hit the Supreme Court at this point. Uh, it was, it's low key. It's a landmark First Amendment victory. It's a couple of states that have sued the Biden administration because they were literally telling Twitter back then what to say, what to suppress, when to say it, how to say it. Well, yeah, absolutely. And and the and that violates the First Amendment. Like people will say all the time, Twitter's a private company. They they, they don't fall under the First Amendment. You like you, they can censor whatever you say. True. However, when the government comes to you and says, "Take that down, or you're going to suffer the consequences," it is now a government action. And they were working very closely. They were yeah. in bed together. It was former FBI officials that were there that were running Twitter. It was former FBI attorneys that were running Twitter. And they didn't have to be told a lot of stuff. So this, this you know, when people talk about deep state, and, <clears throat> you, you know, everybody can make fun of conspiracies or conspiracy theorists, but... Na- By the way, name tune in something. to Night Shift, Top Secret Information, every Sunday night on the YouTube. You Monday on audio. Go to Night Shift, Top Secret Information. Give it a five-star rating and review. Name something that, that Donald Trump hasn't said over the past, we'll say, six or seven years that didn't turn out to be true. Right. Just, I mean, anything. Like, you, you know, of course they twisted his words with, uh, he, well, he told people to drink bleach. 
Okay. I mean, if you're oh, juvenile enough to really. think that that's what he did, then yeah, sure. Uh, but that's not what he did. And you know that's not what he but did. But say, say one thing that Biden has said is a lie. You can't, you don't, what has he lied about in the last three days? <laughs> oh, about being on the ground at 9-11? Everything. About his house almost burning down? About yeah, Corn Pop being a bad dude? <laughs> Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> right. Well, Okay. I'm embarrassed. So, so what I'm I'm getting at more of the conspiracies, not not of the self inflation. Like Donald Trump is just again, this is the truth when he says, "They're not after me; they're after you." I'm just standing in their way. He's right. He's you know I don't I don't have to be a Trump supporter. I don't have to tell you I'm voting for Donald Trump. I don't have to, but I'm telling you everything he said has turned out to be true. Um, so. Look for yourself, you know, judge for yourself. There is a difference, though, in having this this uh, anger that's built up in this that we're sharing and we're discussing a healthy discussion about how the left gets away with it. The media is in cahoots. The right doesn't necessarily get away with it. And what the Proud Boys did, that, that there is their worlds apart. Because they definitely they confederated, and it was proved in federal court that they yeah. Did so that. my 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 at my research on this case, as a, as a law enforcement officer, as somebody who would be conducting an investigation, I, I do think um, Enrique Tario is is guilty of of saying insightful things. I mean, that indictment had, oh gosh, I mean, how many private messages? And I mean, the, the guy says a lot. Like the dude was acting as like a commanding general. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as saying that it's a militia, but like, it's definitely an organized group, uh, playing in this, this tit for tat game. Again, um, if my son punches my other son and then my other son retaliates, they both get in trouble. It's just, which son do you like more? That's the son that gets in the least amount of trouble. And <laughs> the in one this that was case, looking at porn earlier. Right. And in this case, you know, it's Antifa versus, uh, the proud boys. And they just happen to like Antifa better. You know, so, um, you know, you can't say those kinds of things and not expect there to not to be consequences. I think 22 years, again, like the Darren Chauvin thing, that's not justice served. That is strong arming, weaponizing the DOJ and trying to prove a point, which is not what Lady Justice, like Lady Justice doesn't say, like, we're going to do things to set an example. No, it's to be fair and it's fair across the board. There's no such thing as like, we're going to charge this guy with 22 years to set an example. No, I, I think that's too far. But again, that furthers this tit for tat, because now if there's any remaining Proud Boys, they now have something to rally around and to fight against because it's absurd. 22 years is an absurdity. Had you have given the guy 15 years, which was the maximum sentence, I'm not, you would have had some pissed off people, but it wasn't so absurd that they wouldn't all, like now even a guy like me who's reasonable is like, well, I mean, can you blame these guys? You gave them 22 years, which is kind of absurd for this. And that no wonder they want to keep writing and continuous. If you would have gave them 10 years, I'd have been like, eh, I mean, come on guys, he fucked up. He's got to do some time. 10 years is a lot, but it's not unreasonable. 22 years unreasonable. It just it just fuels the fire, fans the fire, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, you may have a point. I, I don't know about the fairness of the sentence. I I, know, I do know that the government tried to... to um, do you think 22 years uh, is fair? You don't think that's unreasonable, 22 years? Look, <laughs> I have always maintained, oh, you want to call this an insurrection? Do you think if they really wanted to overthrow the government that that's what they would have done? Like there were no guns there or whatever. Uh, so, but when you read the indictment and what he did and what he tried to do and what he tried to gather, 
yeah, he definitely did what uh, th- that was on, unco- you know, right. The, the, I mean, the country I, I, would, I, I'm not like I'm not arguing that he's not guilty. Right. I, I, what, I don't know that also, 22 years is appropriate. What they were also trying to prove what the government was also saying was that this is terrorist related activity. So there was a terrorism terrorism enhancement. Right. But again, not we're not doing that. We're not we're not doing that on the opposite side. Like we know that when they burn the federal building, the the federal courthouse, I don't know that 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 is a terrorist example or it is. I don't know that that's true. I don't know that those people aren't being given the terrorism enhancement. I will tell you this, though. The judge in this case said they are not. A te- this is not terrorism. This is not this is not the same as blowing up a building with a bunch of people in it. This is so they didn't go. For, so the downward departure on the the sentence was that it was not the, the terrorism enhancement was not necessarily uh, appropriate in this case. It, it didn't fit in this case, according to the judge. Right. So um, the defendants threatened the, the bedrock of our democracy, the peaceful transfer of power, said Assistant Attorney General Kenneth A. Polite Jr. of the Justice, Justice Department's Criminal Division. Today's verdict demonstrates the department's commitment to protecting our institutions of government and holding those who seek, the, seek attack Uh, seek to attack them accountable. And according to the evidence, the Proud Boys describe themselves as, like I told you before, a pro-Western fraternal organization of men who refuse to apologize for creating uh, the modern world, a.k.a. Western uh, chauvinists. So he was, uh, Terrio was the national chairman, um, and he um, paid the price for being the leader. There is such thing as, like, when you do a drug case, a RICO of some sort, a racketeering case, there is a the continuing criminal enterprise. And when there is somebody in a position of leadership, they're probably going to get a heavier-handed sentence than the other people. And I think that's kind of what we saw here. There were four people, I think, convicted at the same time, uh, but only three of them were convicted of the seditious conspiracy. I might have it might be four and five or five and four. I might have that off by one. Uh, one guy was not convicted of the con- seditious conspiracy, but he was convicted of the other four felonies or whatever he was charged with. So um, I, I, I'm just telling you, if if you have questions about whether or not this guy was or these guys were the real deal, that they were conspiring to interrupt a an official proceeding, uh, what what some people in the media or what some people just cavalierly put on social media is stop the steal or something to that effect. These guys were, they were attaching violence to it and you can't right. do that. You, you know, you, you can have, you can hold your opinion and there is process in place though. They disagreed with Mike Pence's opinion of what that process was. Um, you can still have an opinion about it, but once you start breaking windows and storming the Capitol. Now, the other thing, too, that you just mentioned, Eric, that I that I find ironic is you and I kind of differ on this Michael Byrd thing. I think that he should have been um, – I think that he should have been indicted for killing um, the, the Air Force veteran. Uh, her name escapes me, but um, it, it should be right in the front of our, my no, mind. What? But I've, I've said a hundred times that he should be – well, okay, yeah, when you yeah. look – now, now, when – 
Right, that that was a that was a line you can't cross. Yeah, I I still hold to what I originally said. Although I do know more about the guy now, and that like nobody in that police department likes him, and that he's a fucking idiot, and that he's a yeah. Screw that's up. kind and of the. Only, I mean, I, literally, I've talked to several Capitol police he's officers, a now. and and they've all said that the only reason that dude exists still to this day is because of the color of his skin. Like he has fucked up. I mean, he left his gun in a bathroom. Yeah. Um. Like the he, dude is a, 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 a like a phenomenal fuck up. I didn't, you know, I didn't know that now, but I don't think that you get to know those types of things in court about how phenomenal of a fuck up. I still stand by, though, that like if you are breaking into the White House and you're going to the the, the chamber floor, you, you know, you're going to the, the lowest common denominator, which that guy is. And you kind of have to expect that the lowest denominator could shoot you. So I still stand by the fact that like I, I in no way should you do something like that and expect that that you're not going to get seriously injured by somebody because you know, you can't expect all of those guys to be like some kind of like SWAT operators that can hold their uh, emotions. Okay. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a law enforcement officer and he's held to the same uh, th- threat of death or great bodily harm that anybody right, but else the, is. But the, the same things that the, the same way I react to a uh, robbery suspect is going to be completely different than uh, some female um, fresh out of the academy with no combat experience that only weighs 119 pounds. Her and I are going to deal with that situation completely right. different. And he was one a might shoot lieutenant. him, and the other one might not shoot him. Yes, so he was a seasoned lieutenant. What I'm saying is, is when you rob a bank, you're taking the chance. You don't know which one of those cops you're dealing with, so there always has to be an expectation that you might be dealing no, with a rookie no, 119 that's, that's pound cop that you can get shot. Th- there is no expectation of going out to die. There, there, there is zero expectation in that. Wait, she she wait, can wait, wait, have wait. her opinion. What? There is no expectation of being killed by police. I don't know where you're getting that from. I don't know what. Yo, where you you, are you telling up. me right now that if you go and rob a bank, that you couldn't yeah. have any expectation of getting killed by the police officers? You, you definitely while committing are that taking crime? a risk. You're definitely taking a risk, but you like don't you don't think that would cross your brain that you might get fucking killed by the police when you're doing this? Yes, that's called taking a risk. That's not yeah. expecting to be killed by the police. That's completely okay, maybe not, different. Maybe not there expecting, but you're, like, you're definitely taking a risk. And the same risk is applied when you're breaking into the White House. Okay. Frankly, and I've you, said it before, is like I, I can't believe that snipers weren't shooting people on the lawn. Like My okay, expectation let, let me, would be uh, like, uh, yo, let me I intentionally w- interrupt you here. <laughs> Hang on one second. Let's, let me just get to my point so you can hear what, I'm, what I have to say. What you're saying is that Michael Byrd was fine in doing what he did. He's a police officer, no. but he somehow has special powers. No. And he can shoot this this unarmed woman who broke a window when there's people with literal rifles standing behind her that could have done the exact same thing. So he must have seen something they didn't. I don't know what that sure. is. But, okay, so you got that. The same Justice Department is going to – it has indicted Brett Hankinson. Brett Hankinson is the guy that shot into the apartment next door to Breonna Taylor's. Right. He shot blindly, and they indicted yes. him for it. And yes. he is getting ready he to go to anybody. trial. He didn't hit anyone. It didn't hit anybody. He's getting ready to go to trial, yeah. doing the exact same thing. A sure. police officer, he thought he was responding to a threat of deadly force, meaning uh, yeah. the threat of death or great bodily harm because our friend John Mattingly almost died in that instance. You know, if the one guy didn't have a belt because he left his tourniquet in his glove sure. box, uh, if the one guy I didn't have a belt, by, he probably would be dead. I stand by the, I I'd still, even though that this, this, the guy that shot the girl is a complete moron and he's an idiot and there's no reason he should have a badge or a gun. 
I'm still under the thing that I don't think he goes to jail or gets arrested for what he was doing because he was put in a situation uh, that, that he reacted to. There were people on the floor, um, you know, and, and the way that he testifies and, and the fear that he is, I can't judge that. I wouldn't do it myself. Uh, I would have handled things uh, completely differently, but I don't think he goes to jail, but I definitely don't think he gets promoted to captain. I definitely don't think he remains a, a police officer, but I still stand by the point that she wasn't just an unarmed girl that just broke a window. They were trying to move up the stairs and they were trying to move onto the floor where there were still representatives on the floor being escorted out. And those guys were told that this is the last and final stand, which is why they barricaded that area uh, in the way that they did. Now, you know, my point being here is that when you go into something like that, you are taking a huge risk. When you try to drive over a cop for stolen liquor, you're taking a huge risk and there should be some kind of expectation that you could fucking die doing this. Okay, and so, so like, for, why, like what would world would possess you to break in the windows being held by cops? Why are you trying? It's like fucking with a lion. Like why, why would you do that? You know, that fucking thing. One of those lines is going to bite you. One of those lines right, so is going to tolerate this shit. L- let's take a look at the bullet for a second, though, Eric. And if the bullet missed her neck, and her name is Ashley Babbitt, by the way. Thank Ashley you, Babbitt, Chad. yeah. If, if the bullet missed her neck and penetrated the face of the cop that was standing behind her, do you still hold the same opinion? Do you still hold the same opinion that, look, he had yeah. no other choice, and that cop should expect to be in a deadly situation because he's he's there in a riot like well his is that i mean i would does argue that, that his tunnel vision it does make sense but I, I would also argue that you know and i can't i'm not him and i and i can only go off what he's testified but i could imagine that the fright the, the amount of fear that he had anytime there's deadly force tunnel vision's already set in so he's not he would not have seen that cop or what other people were doing. He was focused but the on the amount of if he didn't have that much of a view, Eric, that's the whole point. If he didn't have that much of a view or the the, the if it's if his focus is that narrow, then he didn't have deadly he didn't he he he, he had You the can force only eliminate the necessary. threat of death or great bodily harm. And I'm not and sure that you, that was if what the they crowd had is going on the there. threat, you can't just fire into the crowd. You don't know who's in the no, crowd. No, he fired at the one who stuck her th- her hand through the window and was trying to open up the door. He hit the one who broke the window. He, you don't think you, you that's don't know who, who he was shooting he was firing at? at? You don't know who. I mean, he his was gun is aimed at. right at her, and <laughs> he will never tell you. Yeah, it was kind no, of the he same won't. direction. He won't. Of, so I'm saying, I don't know that that. I, I think it's almost like um, you know, two idiots do something very stupid, and you just kind of like penalties offset. Like, she's being extremely dumb in front of an extremely dumb human being, Ooh, and dumb shit's always going to happen. I mean, you can disagree I, I, all you want. but no, like, no, no, no. I, I, mean, I see your point, but I think that that's what, what America hates about cops. That's exactly what America hates about cops, because they're yeah, like... Well, it is. Eh, I mean, you know... And it's, so here's the point. Her. Don't commit the fucking crime. Right, but the, the don't commit the crime, but you also have to hold the cop accountable that just shoots and kills somebody for okay, committing so then, a crime. Do you do the same thing with the female that we covered last week that went and ran over ran over the cop? Like, why do we take that cop side? Like, I know I wouldn't have shot her. I didn't take the cop side. I merely presented the facts, and the facts are a jury's going to decide that because he for did sure. put himself in a very precarious spot, and she. Did I still think he's justified out in shooting her, her though. Yeah, okay. And she did go out of her way to almost run him over. Sure. You know what I mean? Like she there, there is and she was stealing. She wasn't taking any, you know, she was a she was in the process of committing a felony or well, I, I can't say that it was Well, fel- and so was so was Ashley Babbitt. Right, but I don't know that that was a death penalty case. 
I, I don't know if it's... I think the it, only it, reason it makes it a death penalty case is because they have a duty to protect all of those folks inside the chamber. And... And the only way that, to do that, that is to that fire the, into a crowd. That, and I think that's why it's been covered up. And I've talked to Capitol officers who say the reason why it's covered up is because they know that they kind of told them to do that. They said, this is the final stand. Anybody comes through that... That doesn't get, make it right. I, I mean, I'm not saying it makes it. I'm not saying it makes it right. I, I'm yeah. not saying it makes it right. I don't know that. I, I don't think that he gets held criminally. Uh, I, I don't think he. I don't think he did anything criminal. I think he fucked up. I don't know that it weighs that he should. He should go to jail for it though. Uh, but I mean, there should be some accountability. Maybe getting fired. Definitely not able to hold a law enforcement thing. But I mean, he, again, put in a situation uh, that was kind of almost a lose lose for a guy like that. And, and the department knew it was a lose-lose. That's why he was there. He was there on punishment because he was no good anywhere else. They never expected, they never expected them to make it that far into the building. He was literally given the most shittiest job, which was to stand outside that door. No, before the riots, like his job in life, prior to the riots, prior to January 6th, his sole job was to stand in front of a door while the uh, while they were in session and block that door. Even though there was secret service but between him and and also inside that room. So there's really nothing that he does except open the door and close the door. That's how big of an idiot this guy was. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was the department's obligation to have letting that guy go a long time ago, knowing that he wasn't worth a shit. And every one of his constituents, every one of the other officers that are there say he's not worth a shit. You know I, I'm, not even, I'm not even counting that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get what you're saying, and, and I understand all of it, and I've heard the same things. I'm not even counting that, though, in my analysis of whether or not that guy should have been indicted. And by the way, an indictment is not a conviction. Sure, sure. It's just a matter of putting right, it Right, like an investigation courts. to kind of figure out like what exactly happened yeah. and, and, and hear his side of the story. Because if he said, like, fuck her, she was white and I shot her in the under face. Oath. Then it, like, under oath. Then it, then, it does, then it does change the facts and it just change, change the outcome. But I think like what I've always said, knowing what it, where it is now and not having any testimony... Um, you know, I, I, and, and what I said in that, that episode, I said, unfortunately, what you had was the two biggest idiots at the protest that just kind of collided together, which is what is what happens in a lot of these cases. You have two people, at, you know, at, you know, at two extremes and they come into contact with each other and bad shit happens. Bad uh, shit it, fucking it, happens. That, yeah, that's why I, you I, don't do it. That's why you don't break into a Capitol building. You wouldn't be serving 22 years in prison. We wouldn't even be talking about this had nobody fucking stormed the Capitol. I mean, right, it, but it's do you think absurd Eric, do that you, you think Ashley Capitol. Babbitt would rather serve twenty two years than be shot in the neck and killed? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Maybe we, we, we agree. Mean, we agree. Then. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I would choose. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would want death over twenty two years. I'm not going to prison <laughs> for anything. But I'm not going to fuck around. I know I'm not made to go to prison, so I'm not going to fuck around because I don't want to find out. And then that's kind of like my point is everybody needs to stop fucking around and then. Everybody needs to stop being surprised when people fuck around and they actually find out. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I do, I do get what you're like. If if today I left here and I needed to to work on some electricity in my house, and I say, you know, I could go shut the breaker off, but I'm good. Like I, my hands right. are fairly steady now. I've been sober yeah. for 15 fucking years. Right. And I get electrocuted. Don't do it. I, I have fucked around and I found you out. You found out. But that doesn't necessarily make it right, is my point. Like, you don't, <laughs> there's still a process where you can go shut the power off. 
I mean, right. you know, that, it's almost like the insurance company saying, well, no, he, he was dumb. He shouldn't have fucking. I mean, I guess that probably is what the insurance company would do. <laughs> I'm going to say, dude, are you kidding me? Yeah, That's I just exactly fucked that up. Say. <laughs> I, I totally fucked that up. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I, you know, it's like I said, like, um, you know, uh, and, and I take the officer's side in last week's shooting, but I can tell you almost with 100% certainty, I would not have shot her in that particular situation because I wouldn't put myself in a situation. However, it doesn't make that cop a criminal, in my opinion. No, it because doesn't. He did I, I don't We're think all he's a different. We all have different experiences, and that's going to lead us to do different things, and we have different perceptions and perspectives on things, and that's why every cop is different. But I teach my children that say, like, you don't know which fucking cop you're dealing with. You don't know if you're dealing with the cop that just saw a pregnant lady get shot to death and his dad is in an emotional train wreck and he hasn't slept right. in 48 hours. You don't know if you're dealing with the cop who has an alcohol problem and his wife is leaving him and she's <laughs> taking the kids and he's at the right other now. You don't know if you're dealing with the fucking, uh, you know, uh, uh, Rob O'Neill of, you know, uh, you, you know, Rob O'Neill became a cop. You don't know which cop you're dealing with. So the best thing to do is just be extremely compliant and just do your best to do the right thing and set yourself up in the best possible way to come home at the end of the night and don't do anything that would deviate from that. Don't argue. Don't piss these guys off because don't, don't take a chance. Don't take a chance when there's a dude that has a gun and you don't, don't take that chance. I don't That's just the way I go about life. And unfortunately people don't listen to me. They don't listen to my we're, podcast we're, and they go and they storm the Capitol and they get shot in the face and they're like, oh, fuck, you know, <laughs> shit. And I'm like, dude, you should have listened to my podcast. I would have told you, don't fucking break the window and stick your hand in there. Don't go into the Capitol. When a thousand other idiots are entering the Capitol, I don't care what you believe in. You got to know, unless you're ready to die, do not go onto those grounds. Like, how is it? Like, I'm so surprised that there wasn't like snipers on a Black Hawk helicopter just like pinging people out of the air with like 22s, like dropping people. You, you Wednesday show, which I urge everyone to go back and watch. Uh, it was the last call that that Eric and I did with uh, Dead Lake. <clears throat> you you described a guy with a gay AIDS shirt, is what you called yes. it. Yes, yes, <clears throat> well, it was. It was a gay rainbow flag with know, it HIV was. on it. It's a gay. It AIDS was. I just sure. I thought it. I thought it clever. <laughs> and so, I got you uh, one. It, I got you one. I was going to bring it down there to, to well, see you in Florida on Monday. All so right, but so. <laughs> and by the way, uh, we. Uh, just so America knows, we both agree. Nobody has a problem with ending AIDS. We're we're, we're pro ending AIDS. Yeah. But so when they stormed, uh, what's his face, uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy's office right. with the gay AIDS shirt on, yes. and they sat down. Yes. Should they have expected to be shot for doing that? Uh, no, but they should expect to be arrested because they knew they were breaking the law. What's the fucking difference? What is the because difference? Because they were when, allowed, they like, were allowed to be there, but they were told very specific, very specific instructions that could be. Now, listen, I talked to Capitol Police who actually put hands there's on these groups people. of ten. Yeah, and he says it was not an insurrection. It was not an insurrection. He's like, this was nothing. No, this it's not an insurrection. Every not. single day. So he said, for anybody to call it an insurrection is a liar at this point. Yeah, um, I, I don't think but, Ashley but Babbitt it is a breaking was involved in the law, and it happens every single day. And I would argue that it happens in almost every capital city. Me being in Raleigh, the capital city, we had these things where the uh, uh, teachers and things they would come in, and and I forgot what they were called, Moral Mondays, and um, and and they would come in and they would literally just go ahead and put their hands behind their back for Moral Monday and be arrested. And then you know we had this whole process, but they knew going into this, they were charged, and they they dealt with it accordingly. They didn't step out of their bounds. Now listen, they believed in something, and they were willing to push themselves and to put themselves in generally harm's way but they're still in the green 
Now, let's say they, they go in there and then they chain themselves to the desks and the tables and they have people that are going to hold the doors shut while they're in there. Well, now I would say you're putting yourself in the yellow. You're at risk for some really bad shit happening, but it's like it's not red. You're in the yellow. Yeah, when you storm yeah. the Capitol building with a whole bunch of flags and tactical armor on and your face is painted in war paint and you've got things like you've got to know that you're entering the red zone. And bad shit is probably going to happen to you. There was one guy, man. The fucking shaman was one dude. And he's awesome. Um, and I love seeing so, him on podcasts. And I'm a huge fan. He's got way bigger balls right. than I have. But, like, dude, you got to know. Like, come on. You got to know the guy's a little bit wackadoodle. And he's got some balls, dude. He's got some balls. Oh, I don't have those balls. I got five kids. I don't I'm have those balls. All I'm trying to get you to see is this. All I'm trying to get you to see is this. Why do you... What, what, what makes... Ashley Babbitt different than the guy with the gay age shirt. How do you know that she wasn't trying to get to the chambers the where they were certified the election the to get in window and yell and to yell a barricaded room with a fucking okay. dude that's got his gun out and pointed at you? Oh, I don't know that he was standing there with his gun out. I believe that he was in a room and he peeked out of the room and shot no. her. I've watched the whole video a hundred uh, times. He's standing. Okay. It's a glass thing. There's several officers out there. Um, you know, prove me wrong. Go back and listen to our other episode. We play the video like three or four times. It's a big giant window with a door in the middle of it, and they're all standing on the other side, and they got chairs stacked up on the other side of it. And she's breaking in, and he lunges forward and taps her right in the face. Like I don't see how he was not aimed at her. Like he was definitely okay. aimed at her. Like it was definitely he was trying to kill her for sure. And that might fuck him over if he ever did go to court. You know, because um, you could, you know, in the court of law, you could say, like, what was the what did you perceive as the deadly threat here? You know, like, what were your you know, like, why were you doing the threat this? of death or great bodily harm? You mean, but, uh, but obviously we know what the answer is. The answer is that he was told nobody gets through that door and he interpreted it as that. OK, nobody gets through that door. Shabow. And everybody's trying to cover that up like, oh, fuck, we told him to do that. And that's why he can't go to trial. And that's why he can't go to, you know, there's a pardon his, process in place for that. Right. He, well, he I get it, but like, but still but be held would, accountable, the, and then they could be, pardon him. Yeah, but it, but the the powers that be that told him to do that are the ones that are going to get in trouble, and then they're going to get in trouble from the powers that be, and it all goes back to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, and they're not going to risk any of that, and so that's why they threw this whole thing under the carpet, and they sweeped it under the rug, and it was completely unjust in them doing that. I, I totally admit that, but as the way I see it, I don't know at the end of the day that it's necessarily the cop. That takes the full heat the, of it, the full scapegoat for the it. The one with the gun in his in hand? In my opinion, yeah. I, I, dude, it's a okay. weird situation. Like, that's just my opinion on it. Like, I know. They gave the biggest idiot in the room car blanche to fucking that's, kill anybody that, that came that, through that door. That actually kind of goes against your argument, by the way. Why? I mean, How? if there, if, he, if he's the biggest idiot, why would you make him the last line of defense? Because I don't think that they ever accounted that it's going that far. And listen, I'm not, this isn't even my opinion. That's really what happened. This guy was the biggest idiot in the room. He was on the most like severe punishment they could possibly give him without suspending him by putting him on that door. I've talked to several capital supervisors yeah, and officers that told me like no all dispute. the details, all the gory details of this. And literally, like, they put him there because he can't fuck that up. You can't fuck opening up a door for somebody and shutting the door for you. Like, you don't have to make any law enforcement decisions during this practice. You've got, uh, you, you've got uh, Capitol Police over there. You've got Secret Service behind you. You've got SWAT teams over here. Like, there's no way that this dude is probably going to have to make any law enforcement decisions ever. Well, All right, but they didn't account it, for the he, one minor detail that somebody could fucking 
break into the White House and storm that area of the of the. And I don't remember what was it. Was that the? Uh, it's the what, is it the li- the the, the capital the, the the chamber? What was it? The, uh, the it's not the rotunda. It, it was the. Um, I, I, I think it's the, the corridor that leads to the. But <laughs> were, were, were you and I the one that broke down that, or was that Mike the cop and I? I don't know if it was you and Mike or not. I, 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 I'm just saying this. You, you, I mean, they had to move a long you, way to get there, too. I mean, I, I, I can tell you this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no question. I mean, that, that they made it through the Capitol and, and all that. And I know that the Capitol is a sacred building, and I, I, I understand the reverence behind <laughs> now, Diesel it. Tech, all, Diesel all Tech asked a great oh. question here. He says, why did this doorman have a gun? That would be that would be where I – that's where the full for me lies. It's like, why did they fucking let this guy have a – like, if he was that fucked up and, – and, and here's the truth. This is what I was told is the reason why he had a gun and the reason why he was on the door was because of the color of his skin. Because the guy hadn't done yeah. much. Now, maybe well, – I listen, I, I should probably go back and re-listen to make sure that I have the right cops right, but you can go back – and listen, as I wasn't really prepared to speak on on Ashley. No, Babbitt you're today. right. You're, uh, you, but like, you're not as far as what I remember I from that episode I mean, was that this guy is a colossal fuck up and has been a colossal yes. fuck up from what I've heard. And, yes, he has. And so that's where I say the fault lies is he's on a, the people who allowed him. Now. Those are the, the the fault lies the people that allow him to to be an officer in general. Right. Here's here's all I'm saying, Eric, in the advocacy of the street cop, and I know that you're a huge advocate too. You're just like me. But can we remember we really are, before you make this point? Can we go back to the girl that tased a dude and, and shot him instead of tased him? Kim Potter. Kim Potter. My my stance on this, and I just want to let everybody know that I, I'm even across the board. My stance with Kim Potter was the same thing. She did something wrong, and she was a huge idiot. However, it was the powers that be that made her that idiot because they had put her in community policing for like, tw- and again, haven't refreshed on the case, but it was something like twelve or fifteen years that this woman hasn't been in a sing- like made an arrest or anything. She was a commu- she, yeah, was she was reading books and she in the library, brother. and then all of a sudden, in a two week time frame, because of the defunding of the police, they removed her from reading books in the library which again not really a police position she was not somebody who was out there to divvy out the law we can debate that all day long and from a street cop perspective i'm all for it because i fucking hate it too but that's the facts of life and they threw her back onto the line without any refresher training without any refresher taser training and they put her right in the in the way of a dude who just stole a car and is trying to flee in an open car and she tased a dude and instead of tasing him she shot him which by the way she, she could have shot him anyway she, but the only reason that she got indicted or, or is serving this massive prison sentence is because she said, oh, my God, I meant to tase him. Had she had never said the words, I meant to tase him, I don't think she'd be in prison because I think she lawfully could have shot him. But they were able to spin that. And we covered that case in length. So, again, it's the powers that be that fucked up by being putting her in a position that she did not need to be in or she shouldn't have been in. Yeah. And then bad shit okay. happens. All, all I'm saying this is an, as an advocate for cops in the street, we, we, we tell or I do, at least I'm. I push the notion, listen, just because you can use deadly force doesn't mean you should. There's, yes. there's, there are instances when you don't necessarily, that, that there are, are alternatives. We're not killing machines. Um, it, you have to protect yourself and you have to protect the people around you. And when there is the imminent threat of death or great bodily harm, yes, deadly force is authorized. It's not always the, the, the easiest or the best measure because there might be some stand, you know, a, a baby standing behind that person and the bullet might go through the person and, and kill the baby. Uh, so I can't, 
on one hand say 24-7-365 just because you can use deadly force doesn't mean you should. No. And then suspend that because it's in the Capitol for one guy for one moment in time because a bunch of political leaders fucked up and put him in the wrong position, one. And two, they don't want to take the heat for what his horrible fucking actions were. He killed that girl. He murdered that girl. Just it's the same shit that they say that cops do. And if you're going to hold all of us to account, hold all of us to account. That's all I'm saying. That's all. Sure. That's and, all I've and, and ever And I think if you had a trial that that came out, if it was a fair trial, which is why there is no chair, trial. If there was a fair trial, not only would this be dude going to jail, but a lot of his supervisory team and a lot of I other agree. people would be going to jail. And I think it would come out um, of all these that things that he had fucked up, and they would have been like, "Well, why is this guy? What would you say? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That what would have that? drained the swamp. That would have drained the swamp. Sure. And then that's the reason why they didn't do it was because. They didn't want to do that. But, you know, I, I, the same point that I make with, um, you know, the expectation of suspects, the same expectation goes for a police officer. If you shoot somebody in the line of duty, you kind of have to know that you are putting yourself at the you're putting yourself in front of six juries, uh, six jurors uh, that could put yeah. you in jail for a very, 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 very long time. And before you put yourself into these hairy situations, I don't know that I want to bet my life on six uh, on six juries of my peers. I mean, <laughs> I'm not the smartest dude. So if you got six dudes like me, oh my God, um, especially that have opinions and everything. If you don't agree with me, that is fine. I have one person. It doesn't mean that I hate you or I hate law enforcement. I hate civilians. I just think that these are discussions that have to be had and they're healthy debates. If you want to let yes. yourself be heard, you can message us at failure to stop. Leave us a private DM. But let's do it all in the confines of being kind and polite and courteous. Again, none of this is like a, a hateful or insightful type of thing. I'm not trying to be pro-police and anti-civilian. I'm not trying to be anti-civilian and pro-police, vice versa, whatever it is. I, I'm literally just from a C-student perspective, and this is the this is the point of the show is that everybody's going to have a different perspective and that's the that's the playing field that we're playing on these days is that we can't force everybody to have our perspective but we can have debates we can have healthy debates and and we can learn from these things i've learned a lot of things from drew over the years um and i didn't learn any of those by just sitting by and not arguing with him you know i have to pry him and prod him to learn what his perspective is and what his point of views is and the same is what goes for me and if you could take any lessons from today is is be willing to have those those healthy debates that we don't have to be upset. And it doesn't have to end with, well, you're right or you're right. We don't have to demand um, validation for what we're saying. All we got to do is be heard and, and try to, to have some common ground. And, and that's just what life is all about. And we're just doing our best here again, guys, because we're doing our best. It's not as sensational as... as uh, as it would make it easy for us to get thousands and thousands of more followers. We get about 90,000 downloads a month, which blows my mind that that many people listen to us. Um, and the amount of conversations that I have on the side with you guys means more to me than when you ever know. I have people who message me audio messages and they pray for me. And I've said that before on the show. I've never happened before. I don't consider myself an overly religious human being, um, not as religious as I would like to be. I would like to be closer uh, to God and to Christianity and have that discipline. But I would also like to be closer to a CrossFitter guy too that has a, or a jujitsu guy, just doing the best I can with what I got. But to have somebody uh, reach out and pray for me was, was, was huge in my life. Um, I don't take that lightly. When people send a baby blanket to a child that they've never met and, and, and we've never met um, or only met in passing through meetups or whatever at podcasts, to send a baby blanket to each of my children 
wow, means the world to us. Books that you guys send us, Christmas cards that you send us. We're very in tune with our followers, and that's why we answer every single message. Guys, listen, there are six hosts on this squad, and all six of us have access to that social media. So if you send a DM, it's almost guaranteed that, unless it's just something stupid that we don't know how to respond to. And again, maybe it's just we laugh. because Some of you guys just send funny gifts. I'm not going to sit there and respond to your gifts. I'm just not going to do it. I laugh at them. It doesn't mean I don't appreciate them. I, I just, I got to get, like, there's people that have real problems, real questions, or just want to say, like, hey, we love you or something like that, and I want to say thank you back. Somebody will get back to you if you send a message that requires or, or kind of um, elicits a response. We're going to give you that response. So don't don't be afraid to hit us up on Failure to Stop on the Instagram, Failure to Stop on the Facebook page, um, on the YouTube channel. But what really helps us out um, not, you know, we have a lot of paid members in the chats today. Diesel, uh, diesel tag, tact, uh, lumber chef, uh, tactical dudes on our Patreon. Again, you can support us on Patreon. You can support us on YouTube as a paid member, but really the biggest thing that you can do to support us, um, doing five, six, six, now six shows a week is simply sharing us with your friends, man. Like tell other people like, Hey man, if you want a really objective way of looking at something and, and have your own arguments in your cop cars with people, listen to the arguments that we just had. And you might learn that I, I side with, with Drew and you can stack ammo against the street cops that are like me. Or if you're a street cop like me, you can stack ammo against them. It doesn't mean you have to agree with both of us or any one of us. But, um, you know, that's what we're here for is just to get that discussion going, to entertain you guys, to inform you guys. But at the end of the day, please don't take what we say as the holy grail. We're learning no. just as much as everybody else is learning. And my opinion can be changed or swayed. I'm not locked into some kind of political agenda. Neither is Drew. Many times Drew and I have gone. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, in the sake of good business, that would be a, a wiser thing to do. I've done it. Drew's done it. We've gone back and forth. And that's kind of how we treat all of these cases is that, okay, now that there's a piece of, there's a fact of information I didn't know before. And that does change the facts of this case just a little bit. And therefore I have to go this way. And I think that's uh, the way it is. We love you guys. We appreciate all of you. Uh, meal planning to the next level, factormeals.com. Use that promo code Wolfpack50. Uh, don't eat like a peasant. Eat like a real man. Uh, eat like a real woman. Get that calorie conscious. You get that protein heavy meals. Uh, if you're into that meal planning, listen, I, I'm a big advocate on family first values. Leave the meal planning the factor. Go on them. There's like 300 menu options. Plan out your meals. You want three meals a week. You want five meals a week. These are fresh meals delivered to your door, prepared by chefs, very competitive with grocery stores, and you don't have to cook them, and you don't have to prep them. You're literally prepping it online. They're delivered to your door like in some kind of like dry ice thing. The packaging is beautiful. There's usually some coupons on the top, maybe for some wine or for something else on the top. You open these up, throw them in the microwave for two minutes. That's it, and you've got a great meal. My children and my wife love these meals and ask if we can have factor nights. It's like part of our, it's part of our like growing thing where it's like, Hey, it's movie night. Can we also do like factor meal night? Can we all have a factor meal? And I'm like, no, that's for daddy and his, his meal planning or for mom and dad. But <laughs> we, we are now having factor nights. Um, and thank God that there's a promo code Wolfpack five zero because I got five kids and that would be expensive. But just feeding yourself as a law enforcement officer or you and your wife, uh, you guys as nurses together or firefighters together, or f uh, police officers together, whatever it may be, um, this is a simple solution that frees up so much time. Save time going to the grocery store. Save time uh, cooking. Save time meal planning. You just deliver right to your door and you get to uh, 
and you get to spend more time with your children and uh, having having amazing movie nights. Next week, guys, we have uh, a special guest coming on from Angry Men Podcast. Uh, make sure you go and, and catch up on Angry Men Podcast. So you know what that's about. That's uh, uh, per correction officers, uh, correction officers. Um, perspective we also have another correction officer perspective on our patreon so if you're in the corrections you can join our patreon you can also listen to angry man podcast um, but he's coming on to help us break down this escapee prisoner from pennsylvania how it happened why it happened what it took to get him back you're not going to want to miss that um, as far as social media goes me and conservative ant will be i will be with conservative Ant. it looks like all day shooting content all day on sunday um, on the Naples side of Florida area, looks like I will be on Fort Lauderdale and Monday with Ghostbed. So if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, message us. We'll try to do our best to say hi to you or get a picture with you. We'll be in Orlando Tuesday night. Uh, or No, I'm sorry. Monday night, having dinner in the Tampa Bay area. Um, if you want to get on that and at least say hi or get a picture in a parking lot or something like that, Drew Breezy and I can let you know where we're going to be on Monday night. Tuesday will be in Orlando um, until the mid-afternoon. And then on Wednesday will be in Maryland, but that is for a Tim Pool thing. So I don't think I'll be able to meet anybody there. And then Friday we have the new case breakdown coming up. Um, and then we'll be in Chapel Hill on Saturday and Sunday. So if you want to be a part of any of this, if you're in any of those areas or locations, Veterans Day weekend, it's all about North Carolina. Vinny Montez will be here. Drew will be emceeing for Vinny Montez, the comedian, in Albemarle, North Carolina. And then in Raleigh, North Carolina, I think you'll be emceeing again, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, myself and J. Darrell White will be opening for, for Montez uh, in the Raleigh area, and that's November 11th and the 12th. And that's as far. that's about as much as I know as far as like fandom stuff goes, if you want to join us on any of those. And then we have a cruise that we're putting together. If you're interested in going on a cruise in the summer of 2025 with us and several other podcasters out there, I need some DMs immediately. This is something we're going to try to kick off October 1st. It looks like it's going to be a four-day cruise. It looks like it'll probably be out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It'll be a four-day cruise. It'll be a first responder style cruise with lots of um, first responders where we'll be speaking in uh, will be all the entertainment. So um, of all the four nights, you'll have like the failure to stop one night. You'll have another podcast the next night, some stand up comedy the next night. But it'll be four nights of lots of uh, getting to meet and, and link up with podcasters. Um, I think there's a fifty dollar deposit that won't be for another couple of days. But I think they got rooms up to like nine hundred dollars um, with a drink package, twelve hundred dollars if you want the drink package for a room and for the. Um, balcony so very affordable first responder crews with big discounts i don't even think you have to be a first responder to get on it as long as you um are a part of our Wolfpack group you will get that kind of discount to go on this cruise with all of us and that's going to be i think t tentatively august of 25 no i'm sorry august of 2024 so if you want to do that i really need as many rooms because i'm going to i i've got to know how many rooms in general and that's going to kind of go on the, the the size of the discount so if that's something that you're even remotely interested in go to our instagram page or figure out a way to message us uh, through facebook or youtube let us know that you want to go on a cruise like that a first responder heavy cruise for four days and i need that by october 1st so asap uh, let us know and again it, it doesn't mean that you're saying i'm going on this cruise what it means is saying like yeah that's something that would sound cool and i'd like to be on it so i can get a general idea of how many people from this particular podcast and again i'm trying i think we're going to have some really good celebrity podcasters um and uh 
uh, first responders on this cruise. We're, we're really working hard. Um, no guarantees, nothing locked down, but we're going to go after some pretty big names in this field. Um, the Brandon Tatums, the uh, the donut operators, the Todd McComases of the industry. We're, we're going after those to try to get as many of those as we can on this cruise for a big, giant first responder podcast showdown. So we'll see. Just need to know if you're generally interested by October 1st. Bonus content on patreon.com forward slash failure to stop. Anything else, Drew? Nope. I'm just saying uh, from uh, from disagreement comes growth. That's uh, I, I, I left the profession, uh, left a, a very good paying job and a lot of money on the table to get out into this world and say what I'm thinking and how I observe things. So I'm not under the control of any agency, but um, I didn't get out to say what you or anybody else wants to hear. Not you know I'm not accusing you of that. And I do believe, just like you said, healthy debate and um, disagreement, that promotes growth. And that's where we should be because we would not be in the position we're in if people took that stance. If people just kind of spoke their mind and worked things out and walked away, um, you know, I still, I, I will still buy Eric dinner on Monday night. Oh, oh. Speaking so of Monday night... Sorry, guys. Yes, at McDonald's. Your thought. Cool. No. no, but speaking of Monday night, there will be no uncuffed this Monday night, but we will be rolling out a Patreon special to you guys on Monday night because of all the traveling that we've got going on this week. Um, there will be no uncuffed on Monday, but there will be a Patreon special, an inside look, maybe from the Jay Kiefer down the pole episode or something. Actually, I think uh, Kendra J. Rama and John did something that was absolutely phenomenal and hilarious and i think that the, the people want to hear that so we'll give you a taste of our patreon content this monday in place of uncuffed although i will be in the live chats um okay so um thank you guys all for everything that you do for this channel this network allowing us to have a week like we've got coming up stay tuned for very big things guys uh we are growing exponentially and, and we we couldn't be more thing i think we're up like 12% on podcasts right now and Jesus like what like 26% on YouTube even though we don't even really we just started trying on YouTube in the last two months so yeah um, we're, we're killing it uh, killing but it, you know Patreon over a thousand new members opening that door yeah thousand new subscribers <clears throat> um, onto the YouTube so um, thank you guys for subscribing to our YouTube channel um, uh, for the last month oh last one if you want to have us shout somebody out, we're going back to doing that. Leave us a DM oh, sure. who you want us to shout out on the show. Every show on the Failure Stop podcast, you don't have to like all of them. But if you like comedy on Mondays, then then there's the Uncuffed uh, Instagram page. If you like Last Call, there's a Last Call Instagram. It's Last Call underscore 12. If you like... Um, True crime. It's true crime with Jay Rama. It's so, so, I mean, you can send DMs and we will put shout outs on those particular shows for you guys. Check out Anti Hero Podcast. Leave them a five star rating or review. We're trying to get them on the charts. They've got a rebranding coming out on October. John's been working really hard of it on our team, getting them the new intros and everything like that. Um, their their episode about Rob O'Neill is it just went insane. Well over twenty thousand. Just still on fire. Just on YouTube, but I you know. Um, I don't know. I think they're yeah, up the around downloads. thirty or forty thousand um, listens on on podcast audio for being a brand new podcast. That is really big listenership um, for a brand new for a brand new podcast. So you guys don't want to miss the up and coming risers anti hero podcast. Leave them a five star rating and review. Let them know if failure stop sent you guys and getting a grip on things. 
uh, from Mike the Cop's son, who is finally breaking out of production and into hosting. He has his own podcast now called Getting a Grip on Things. Absolutely hilarious and phenomenal. And with a Christian kind of background, so if you're a Christian, religious Christian, or or uh, you know just want some clean content, you can go find it at Getting or a, a non-religious Christian, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I mean, their stuff is just generally funny, like a crusader. So, yeah, like a crusader. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Man, what a wonderful show. Thank you, Drew. Um, time to get to work. I'll see you in Florida tomorrow. All right, buddy. See ya.